Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We've been looking at the whole issue for the last, so for the last three two months really, of the new reality. And what I mean by that is the new reality of the Christian life you are living right now. Because, can I be honest with you, simply believing in Jesus Christ, for most of us, we think of that in terms of what happens later on. We think of that in terms of salvation as far as me going to heaven. But what we've been looking at over the last few, two months actually, is that it has implications for you and I right now in our everyday lives. With the struggles that we go through, with the issues that we face. And so we're going to wrap it up today because he's going to talk today in kind of a final synopsis, verses 31 through 39. He's going to give us a final understanding of who we are as saved people. He's going to talk about, first of all, our relationship to God. And then our standing with God. And I think this is very important for a lot of you to listen to today because, you know, as I interact with you and as you think about your Christian walk, the sad thing is is that a lot of you are defeated. Now, what do you mean by defeated, George? Well, a lot of you look at yourselves and you think, I'm not a good Christian. God can't love me. Look at what I did. Or look at what I'm doing. How can he love me? How can he care for me? Or you have a wrong view of God. You might have that view of yourself, or you might have a wrong view of God, like God's holding out on you. But we're going to look at all of that today, because in these few verses, he's going to really give us the heart of God as it is expressed to you and I who trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And my prayer is, and my prayer all week has been, that the Holy Spirit would work in your hearts and would help you to understand the great love that he has for you. So notice with me, we're going to look at verse 31 through 39 as we finish up this section and we start a new series next week. Verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is with us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow, what a concluding statement to the section that we're looking at here. The new reality. In fact, that's what I entitled this message. What we're looking at here, can I be honest with you, is the new reality that exists for each and every one of you who knows Jesus Christ as your Savior. You don't have to wonder about God's concern for you or God's love for you. All you need to know is is that if you trust Him, there's a new reality that you've entered into. And that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks, and that is specifically what we're going to talk about today, is the new reality that exists for each and every one of us who've trusted in Jesus. And so I want to take that new reality in two sections. First of all, I want to look at it in terms of our relationship. Paul's going to talk about it in terms of your relationship. Now, I want you to hear me. Some of you are going to have to pay attention to what I'm going to say. You say, why, George? Because some of you are convinced that you're red-headed stepchildren. Some of you are convinced that, yeah, you're a part of the family of God, but you're the black sheep. You're the one that they just soon forget about. But what I want you to see as we look at this new reality aspect, that's not true. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you need to understand the relationship you have with Him. So notice what he says. First of all, verse 31, he tells us this. This is the aspect, most important thing you need to understand when it comes to the relationship you have with God. And that's this. God is on our side. God is on our side. He gives an overall principle here. Listen to what he says. What shall we say then to these things? What things? The things he just talked about. The things about the different aspects of your life as a Christian. What shall we say about these things? Here's what he says. He gives you an overall principle. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Look, God and you taking on the world. When you've got God on your side, you don't need to worry about anything. You don't need to worry about anything because you've got God on your side. And that's the way it is. You know, you look at life and you look at the things that come against you and you feel like, how can I overcome this? God is on our side. God's on your side. Every single one of you, you need to recognize that. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ, He's on your side. He's on your side. You're not alone. And look, verse 32, He comes and tells us this. Do you want to know how much He's on your side? Look at what verse 32 says. He says this, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with them also freely give us all things. Here's what he's saying. God will not hold back on us. God will not hold back on us. He's not going to hold back on you. Listen, everybody knows that, you've often heard it quoted about the character of God, that God is what? Love. That is who he is. And because God is love, can I express something to you about God and His character of love? He will always, listen to me, always express 
perfect love to you. Do you understand me? God will always, as you are His child, will always express perfect love to you. Never doubt that. Even when it seems like, Lord, where are you? Why aren't you answering my prayers? And why am I going through this circumstance and situation? That does not change. It doesn't change that He loves you and that He's always going to express perfect love for you and He's always going to express to you what is always best for your life. And so because of that, Paul can say to us in verse 32, look, if He loved us so much that He sent His Son, ultimately gave His Son to die for you to have salvation, do you think He's going to hold back on other areas for you? If He was willing to sacrifice His own, for you. Do you think that he would hold back on you in other areas? God will not hold back on you. Some of you, right now, you maybe are upset with God because you think God's holding back on you in some area. He's not holding back on you. He maybe hasn't answered you the way you want Him to answer. But again, I mean, I remind you that God is love and God always expresses perfect love to you and He knows what's best in your life at this time. He knows. But the wonderful thing about the relationship you have with Him is not just that He's on our side, is knowing that God doesn't hold back from you. He doesn't hold back from you. Peter says this in 2 Peter verses 1, chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God has given you everything you need for life. He's not holding back on you. There's another thing I want you to see that's wonderful about our relationship with Him. And for some of you, you need to grasp this next point. And listen, in fact, let me just read it to you. Verse 33 and 34. Notice what He says. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Here's the wonderful thing. Here's what the next point is. There are no accusations that will stand. There are no accusations. Isn't that a wonderful thing about the relationship with God? Not only is He on our side, not only will He not hold back on us, that... In God's presence, when it comes to you as His child, no one can say, well, Lord, look at what they did. And can I remind you, there is one that does that? When He asks the question, who is He who will bring a charge? The reference already is to the enemy because the enemy is the accuser of the brethren and he already is there right before God saying, well, you can't love them too much, Lord, because look at what they did. But here's what it says. No accusations will stand in the presence of the Father because of you. That's how much He loves you. 
That's how much He loves you. Everyone else may say, Oh yeah, I remember. Don't you love those kind of people? They remember the bad things you did. Doesn't matter how you are now. They're always the ones throwing it up in your face, aren't they? But you know what? You may hear it. It may bother you. But I'm going to be honest with you. God doesn't hear it. He has chosen not to hear it. Why? Because His Son died for you. And here, listen, here's a wonderful thing. Notice what it says there in verse 34, very last part. Who also, what? Makes, what? Intercession for us. What does that mean? Right now, even as someone comes, the enemy comes to him and accuses you, it says that you don't need to worry. Those accusations don't stand. And you have God's Son, Jesus, what? Interceding on your behalf. Interceding on your behalf. You know, there's a wonderful passage of Scripture that I want to bring your mind to. If you go to Zechariah, you don't need to go there. Zechariah, there's a story of Joshua the priest. There's a vision of Joshua the priest standing before God in dirty clothes. And Satan is there accusing him before God. And the vision that Zechariah has is a vision where then God tells Satan literally to be quiet. That this is a special one. And then God, as a picture of righteousness of the accused, calls for new clothes to be brought and put on Joshua. For a new turban to be put on his head. To take the dirty clothes the things that soil our lives off and for new stuff to be put on. Isn't that a wonderful picture? That's the thing that that Paul is talking about here in this passage. Who's going to bring a charge against you and I? It's already been taken care of. No accusation will stand. Isn't that a wonderful thing in your relationship with Him? Let me just stop for a moment. Listen to me, because some of you right now, your perception of God's relationship with you is because you've been listening to the enemy in your life. He's been whispering in your ear, and here's what he's been whispering. He says, God doesn't love you because of what you did. How could he love you when you did that? He's the accuser. What does Paul say? Listen to what he says. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. See, you can't justify yourself. And you might as well say to him, yeah, I did it. But you know what? He's the one who justified me. He's the one who saved me. He's the one who loved me. He goes on then and tells us, then verse 35 and 36, notice what he says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Nothing, listen to me, nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. You're His child. Nothing, no circumstance, no situation, no failure, 
Nothing is going to separate you from God loving you. Do you understand that? You've got to grasp it. Some of you here are living in shame of something. Some of you here are living with this concept that God doesn't love you anymore because of whatever. And I'm telling you, you have got some wrong thinking going on. And so you need to take that thinking, that stinking thinking, and stick it in the garbage can because that's where it belongs. Because reality is, is that nothing, nothing, are you listening to me? Nothing, what does it mean? Nothing means what? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. In fact, I want you to do this. Look at your passage there. Look at verse 35. I am sure that your Bible does not have an asterisk that refers to a footnote at the bottom that says, for everyone else but you. Does your Bible say that? If it does, you wrote it in. See, I want you to understand, nothing can separate you from His love. Isn't that wonderful? Listen, here, that can be a comforting thing to you when all else is falling apart in your world around you. When life is upside down, when things no longer make sense, when the people in your life who, that you love are going wrong or, or whatever, or, or work is whatever. I mean, you think of the worst case scenario that could happen in your life. There is one thing that is sure. There is one thing that you can grasp hold of. There is one thing that you don't have to worry about whether or not it's true. And it's in verse 35. Nothing can separate you from His love. Isn't that an awesome thought? Some of you right now, you maybe are going through something and you're wondering, you're wondering, and you're wondering. You don't need to wonder about that point. He loves you. He loved you so much He died for you. And nothing can separate you from that. Nothing can separate you from that. And so we see the relationship that we have with Him. But with that, I want to talk about our standing now. I want to look at three things that talk about our standing with Him. We have that relationship, but it's not just an aspect of just a relationship. You and I have a standing with Him. Look at what He says. Look with me at verse 37. Notice what He says there. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Here's what he's saying. The next point I want you to see there is because of God's love, we are conquerors. Because of God's love, we are conquerors. We're victors. The victory is ours. It doesn't matter what this life throws at us. It doesn't matter how tough things get. It doesn't matter what's coming down the pike in your direction. You are more than a conqueror because you have a hope for something more beyond this life. See, my friends, we've got to quit living in terms of now. We've got to start thinking in terms of, yes, that if life handed me a raw deal, I'm still going to win. I'm still going to win. Because I'm a conqueror through Jesus. You are a conqueror. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? I'm I'm, I'm sad to say a lot of you don't. You might be nodding your head in agreement, but that may be for other reasons besides agreement. 
You are more than conquerors. The victory is yours. We say, well, I'm losing battles lately, George. Look, don't worry about the battles. It's the war, and the war's already been won. The war has already been won. You're more than conquerors. Here's the other thing. Notice now, again, verse 38. We are secure. Here's the other thing about our standing with God. We are secure. Notice what he says there. Verse 38, very first part, Yet, for I am persuaded. The word persuaded there means I am convinced. It means he is assured. Paul is convinced about the truth that he's talking about here. He's convinced about his security in God. My friends, if God has you, you're His. You belong to Him. You are a victor and you are secure in that relationship. You don't need to worry about that relationship falling apart. All the other relationships in your life might be falling apart, but my friends, that relationship won't. You have a wonderful standing with Him. You need to grasp that reality. And then again, we see in verse 38 and 39, He gives us another point, very similar to our relationship, but again, Letting us know about our standing with Him. Look at verse 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And again, here's the point. Nothing can separate me from God. Nothing can separate me from God. Nothing can separate me from God. I want you to say that with me. Say that with me, all of us together. Nothing can separate me from God. Do you believe that? I don't know that you do. You say, what are you talking about? Well, just listen to the way you just said it. Nothing can separate me from God. Do you really believe it? Say it with me again. Say it from your heart. Nothing can separate me from God. Listen, you need to grasp the reality. And notice what he says here. You wonder about the stuff that life has with you. Nothing. Notice what he says there. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities. The principalities there is the is a terminology with reference to evil angels, to demons. Principalities. Nor powers. That's earthly powers. Government. Things present, things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us. Nothing can take away you from God. Period. That's your standing with Him. Some of you need to hear that today. Some of you need to grasp a hold of that. Some of you need to own it. Nothing can separate you. You say, okay, George, we've been wrapping up this series now. What are some things you want me to consider? Well, let's take what we've talked about here. We've talked about our relationship. We've talked about our standing. Let's take those things and let's bring them into our heart now. I'm going to ask three key questions, three things 
that I want you to understand to help you. First of all, how do you see your relationship with God? If you're going to take this home with you, if you're going to make this rest in your life, how do you see your relationship with God? How do you see it? Do you see yourself as a red-headed stepchild? As a foster child? Do you see yourself as someone that God's tolerating right now? Maybe you're sitting there and maybe you see yourself as someone God's ashamed of. How do you see your relationship with Him? That's very important. You need to grasp the reality of that because, listen, that will guide your thinking in your spiritual life. And if you're wrong in that thinking, if you begin to see yourself in those ways, I'm going to be honest with you, you are never going to experience victory in your life. You're always going to be defeated. You're just going to exist. And here's what's going to happen. The longer you exist that way, you're just going to find it more and more difficult to get together with other Christians. You're going to find it more and more difficult. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to say, well, what's the use? God doesn't love me anyhow. See how your thinking can get all skewed up and messed up? The question is, how do you see your relationship with God? If you've got a wrong view of it, then say to Him, Lord, I've got a wrong view of it. I've got a wrong view of it, Lord. I've got a wrong view of it. The next thing I want you to ask yourself is this. Do you realize the love He has for you? Do you realize the love He has for you? Do you realize it? Reminded of uh, a wall hanging I once saw that said, uh, where someone was asking Jesus, how much do you love me? Maybe you've heard it. And Jesus said, this much. And he stretched out his hands and died. That's how much he loves you. That much. That he would be willing to die for you. Do you think then that the sin he knew you would commit, that he died for, will keep you from the love that he has for you? See how we can get so messed up in our thinking? If I couldn't do anything for salvation, can I do anything to keep it? No. If I didn't do anything to cause Him to love me, do you think I can do something to keep Him loving me? No. But yet we start thinking that way, don't we? Do you realize the love that He has for you? And let me just be honest. The answer is no, because even I don't truly grasp it. That he would love someone like me. Do you realize it? And then finally, understand the reality of the relationship. Understand it. Understand the reality of the wonderful relationship you have with God. He is with you. He is not holding back on you. No accusation will stand before him because of you. No one will dissuade him from his love for you. No one. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That's the reality you have for your life right now. Let me just close with this thought. Your salvation is more than just later on. Your salvation is right now. In the relationship and standing that you have with God. Begin to grasp it. Begin to realize it. You are special to God. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.